Welcome to Art Everywhere. Tonight, my guest is Jill Allen Stafford. <laughs> you got it. There's a lot of syllables in it. I, I broke it up into Good job. all three names. So you can find her on the gram at Jill Allen Stafford. And Jill Allen Stafford Collage. Jill Allen Stafford Collage. When did that... Was that always... Uh, yeah. Really? Well, I split it up after a while because I wanted all my collage art on one separate place. So if somebody's just looking for my art, they can find it. My Jill Allen Stafford one is just like my photography, my dogs, my, well, they're dead now, but my plans. Oh. I know. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Um, we can. We got a bottle of wine going. Like, oh. <laughs> she just cried the whole time. Uh, yeah, dude. Like halfway through the podcast, she's just fucking just bawling about a, the dogs, her man. Dead dogs. Oh. No, so yeah, I have the two. Uh, yeah, I split them up. So okay, Jill Allen, A L L Y N, collage, collage, Jill First Allen, step. collage. Okay, you, you that one must have got lost in the algorithm. Probably, I don't have many followers on that one. Well, dude. Um, <laughs> There's people who I know, and I'm like, what what happened to so-and-so? You know what I mean? What happened to so-and-so? And then I'll go, like, I have to look them up, and then I've missed, like, three months worth of their post. Yeah. I was like, hey, stupid algorithm. Oh, no, it's the worst. It's the worst thing. But I don't want to start this by complaining about everything. I mean, yeah. I could. <laughs> and we already did. We already did. But, hey, this wine is pretty good. Yeah. It's a, it's a 2020 Sauvignon Blanc. Hannah. Hannah. Cheers, Hannah. Cheers, Hannah. You make a pretty good, uh, good Sauvignon Blanc. Good job. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my wife, Vicky, for uh, recommending it. Great job, Vicky. Yeah. Thank you, love. But, yeah. So you wear a few hats, dude. I wear so many hats. I wear so many hats. So the first interaction that I had with any gallery people was with you. Oh, over in Studio 10. Studio 10. I was still riding a child's mountain bike. Mm. I was still riding a child's mountain bike. I got the bike. My mom brought it up to me from, from San Jose. She's like, son, I got you a bike. It was only <laughs> like $30. She's like, it's a steal. It's like brand new. And she brings it over and I'm like, mom, I think this is a, like a junior high school kid bike. And she's like, no. I go, mom, look, I want to ride it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ride, ride it. it. But this is a kid's bike. Oh, my God. And she's like, no. And she asked her boyfriend. She's like, Arturo. She asked him in Spanish. She's like, dice que el bicicleta es para niños. And he's like, ah, sí. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, see? Told now, you. Now that we point it out, it's obvious. But thank you. But yeah, but thanks, mom. Yeah. So I rocked that thing. And I used to, this is when the arena wasn't even up yet. Mm-hmm. They were still in the building phase. Mm -hmm. They hadn't, it wasn't even close to being up. And I'm like, okay, I need to find art people. And I pulled up and I bought some prints off of you. I bought some prints off of, there was another collage lady that was in the corner, in the back left-hand corner. Was it Susan? I think so. Susan McCarley? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. She was there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I bought collages from you guys. And then I went to a second Saturday Ended up buying, I still have some, uh, some originals that you had like postcards. Yeah. Yeah. I still have them. Yay. Yeah. And you're on our art wall. I am. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's a print, but it's like a really, I love it. 
it, it was one of the it was one of the ones that I had to have up. So that's so cool. Yeah, well, dude, I'm always like, I have dope friends who make really cool art. Thus, your podcast. Yeah, thus, <laughs> thus the podcast, and you know, I want you guys to be able to like get some shine. Like people come over and we have a whole wall dedicated to art. Yeah. It's the art wall and it's a lot of small pieces Mm -hmm. and we've like curated them and like, you know, we switch some out here over there and it looks like we're going to have two art walls here soon. So, you know, people come over and like, Oh, who's that? And then we're like, Oh dude, follow them on Instagram. And you know, yeah. And you never know, they might hit you up for a, you know, a custom piece or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what it's all about out here in the community. Yeah, sharing the love for sure. Yeah, so. Well, what's funny, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. I thought uh, you knew Yoli because Yoli, Yoli Monzo. Yeah, yeah. So I figured that's yeah, I, how you showed up. No, I know her, Okay. but I, I knew you first. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't meet Yoli till I think the art show that we did at. Um, oh, with a. At the salon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, um, what is it? A Spanish fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when I met Yoli. I hadn't met her until then. You'd shown in our studio, though. Didn't you show in our studio? I showed in the studio after. <gasps> okay. I'm so bad with time. <laughs> Same. And like, 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 I was questioning myself. You were asking me, and I'm like, wait, was I? I? I didn't research that part, Jill. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure I showed after, and she, you guys, because um, you guys were studio mates for the longest. Mm-hmm. And... She knew my cousin, mm-hmm. uh, Nick, who's an amazing artist. That guy's like, his stuff is like out of this world. Yeah. I follow, I follow him religiously. Yeah. yeah. His stuff is so cool. Shout out to, uh, Nick H artist. Dude, the, the stuff that guy's doing with, um, with resin and spray paint. And- oh my God. And all the texture he gets on all of his pieces. They're insane. I mean, it's like, you're trying to show the. The texture. (laughs) (laughs) The show, the texture. Can you see it? Right. I mean, but it's like two, three inches tall in like waves of it. It's just beautiful. And then the colors he gets with the spray paint. and Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. That dude's, and the nicest guy. So sweet. Yeah. He's, you know, uh, it's good to have good family, but it's about you. (laughs) So like, how did you get... How did you get started with with your your art journey? Because you, you there's a lot of layers, and I, we're going to try to peel these off. Because you're a curator, you're um, you're a collagist. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the term? Yeah, collagist or collage artist or collage whatever. artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dude, the stuff you do is beautiful. Thank you. It's like jazz. Oh. Yeah, dude, Thank the you. stuff you do is like jazz. It's like super high level, and like to to the to the untrained eye. It seems like, like, where'd this come from? Mm-hmm. And then when you look at it and you, you see, like, the connections between the layers, it's really beautiful, dude. Where does that come from for you? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I think um, I was one of those kids. I was always a perfectionist. And if I couldn't figure things out, I'd finally just quit. Like, I wouldn't try to learn it more. I would just be like, I'm not good at it and stop. And I loved drawing when I was little. I created whole villages and whatever. I lived, I, I just, my my childhood is really chaotic and rough. And 
reading and drawing were the things that kept me safe, right? Kept me sane. And I would just draw these little villages and I'd enact plays with all the people in all the villages and, you know, the whole thing. But then I got to about sixth grade and I'm like, I couldn't master hands at all. So all my characters are walking around with their hands behind their their backs. (laughs) The hands behind their backs. Like we're out for a lovely stroll, but none of us have hands. And then I was just like, you know, I'm drawing like a little kid and I'm not a little kid anymore, so I can't draw. And that was it. No more art. That's it. No more. I'm not creative. I can't do anything like that. Whatever. And then uh, just weirdly enough, when I was pregnant with my son, I was in my, I was like 29, I think. And uh, I just felt like making some postcards for people to tell them I was, you know, like announcements. So I just cut things out and glued them onto the postcards and mailed them like mail art was my first thing and I was just like you know this is very it it feels good like I'm expressing myself visually and I didn't know I could do that and then so since I never learned how to draw or paint I just kept cutting things out and gluing it and I just had a lot of encouragement on the way and then it just kind of snowballed into finally maybe 10 years later calling myself an artist for the first time but yeah and I had a lot of uh I know you're a kind of like a comic book person right yes yeah so this is one of those weird um I was uh doing a lot of forums online forums and I found this like moms group so it was just these moms and it was just kind of a way to talk about being a parent and having your kids and just like a safe space to vent or you know whatever And on this online forum, there was also like another page and it was called Skate Jesus. And it was just like a Jesus dude on a skateboard. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is, I mean, what is this? (laughs) So I go into it and it's all these people who are just writing these really real life stories about themselves, like interesting stories. So I write this story. Um, I worked in the film industry for a very, like a blink of an eye. And I worked on the, the show and um, let's see, what was her name? I'm totally blanking on her name now because I'm trying to think of it. Um, but she was an actress. She used to be a model and uh, the movie was Bad Girls. And it was in the early 1990s. It had Mary Stuart Masterson, Madeline Stowe. Drew, were they like cowgirls? They were cowgirls. I remember the poster. I worked on that one. Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. That was Andy the bitch. McDowell. Andy McDowell. Fuck her. <laughs> really? She was in Groundhog Day. I know. And she seemed so sweet. She seemed so like, hi. Because she's Southern. She's remember? She's a real discussion? fucking. No. So I worked in the accounting office. I was just, you know, office staff. And they let me take the actors per diem out this one time. So that means you take this big bag of cash and a clipboard with, you know, they'd have to sign the forms saying they got the cash. And then you'd go to where they were, give them their money, and they'd sign for it. And so I guess the the accountant was like, we'll let Jill do it because she never gets to go anywhere, do anything fun. So Andy was getting her makeup done in the wardrobe trailer. And I was so shy back then. I wasn't, you know, at all talkative like I am now or, you know. So I go into the makeup trailer and... I get I go into my purse to get her a pen because you know she needs to sign the the form, 
And I was so nervous and I had my eyeliner in my purse and I grabbed the eyeliner and had her my eyeliner instead. And she just looks at me like I'm a piece of shit, you know, like what, what are you doing? You little person, you know? Oh. And I'm just stumbling over myself, apologetic and so embarrassed because, you know, she couldn't just laugh it off. She couldn't have been like, Oh honey, it's fine. You know, or whatever. No, like, yeah, we all have was, those days. Like, yeah. no, it was the, so I get her a pen, she signs it, and then I go to leave, and then they all start laughing at me. And oh, and so, but, geez. and that's, you know, that's what it was. That's what it was. But I was able to turn that into a really funny story on this, on this message board. And I wrote about it, and everybody's like, oh, fuck yeah, this is a great story, you know? They're like, fuck Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, but she's so sweet, you know, just like yeah. you did. But yeah, it was really funny because it turns out all the people on this board are now famous comic book artists, comic book writers, or people who are um, programming um, things at Netflix or in Disney. They were all like that kind of those. That kind of nerd. Those kinds of nerds. Yeah. They are. They're my nerd friends. Yeah. So now I have, you know... Um, well, I don't, I'm not going to start name dropping, but I'm going to do a couple. Name drop you. Name drop a couple. Okay. Um, Atomic Blonde. Did you see that movie? You're like, Marcus. Yeah. 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 Atomic Blonde. Who's in it? Um, blonde Chick. <laughs> blonde Chick. Oh. Tall Blonde that Chick. One. Oh, that one. Uh, Hollywood, Blonde Chick, I'm just, Tall. I'm so bad at names too. My friend Anthony wrote it. It was based on his graphic novel. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's a kind of a group of those kinds of people. But we all were posting on the same forums all the time. And so when I started making my little collages, I'd post them every once in a while. And they were so nice. Oh, Char Charlize, Charlize Theron. Theron. Yeah. Oh. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the tall blonde lady. <laughs> the tall blonde lady. I, you, you could have said uh, the white South African actress. I, I just thought of it. When and I'd have been like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I, uh, the chick, I still wouldn't have remembered her name, but I'd be like, I know who that is. Mad Max. And the top. Oh, she was so good in that. Oh yeah. That was, that was, so that was good. such a good movie. Uh -huh. I remember watching that. I was, I was, I just started dating my wife and I, and I didn't have Netflix yet. I didn't have like internet. Mm -hmm. So I just had like a DVD and Blu-ray collection and I went and bought it. Cause like at Walmart, they're like, Two ninety nine yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I I would just buy movies. Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd get my paycheck and I'd be like, hey, let's go buy three movies for the weekend. Yeah. And then uh we watched that and she was like, dude, this movie's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's um like the pace of it. It's just like it it never really lets up. It doesn't. And you're just like, how it's like an hour and a half long chase. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was so good. Um, but those, those creatives, those people who they, they weren't, they were at the very beginning of their careers. So they weren't names yet or anything like that, but they were so supportive of me and my, now I look back at it and it's so embarrassing what they were being supportive of, but they were just being very encouraging. And so I just, you know, when you have somebody who believes in you, that, makes you want to do more or it, it allows you that kind of safety to feel free to create. That's it gives, what it almost gives you permission. Yeah. And that's what I needed. Cause I, like I had such self-esteem issues for so long 
that I never felt valuable or that what I had to say or put out in the world was valuable. That was just, you know, there was a lot of, we all have childhood shit. That was part of my childhood shit. But having those people supporting me just made me feel braver and more willing to put my stuff out on the planet. Um, and that's how it started. And, um, you know, you just do things over and over and over and you just get better at it. So, yeah. And yep. dude, your, your collages are, are brilliant. I remember like during the pandemic, there was one and I wanted to buy it. I remember I messaged you. I'm like, how much is that? And you're like, Oh, and you need the price. And I'm like, dude. I'm waiting to get, no, no, no. <laughs> it was, it was, it was very doable. And I was like, uh, I'm waiting for my stimulus or whatever. <laughs> Cause it's like mid pandemic. And I'm like, Oh, we got to pay rent. So, uh, yeah. and then I just like, you know, it got lost in the shuffle, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but dude, I still think your collage work like stands up to anything around town, dude. Oh man. Thank you. That's so. Dude, it's, it's, I've seen it done really poorly and I've seen yeah. it like, like seriously, yeah. like, you know, how some people like, you know, I work at rehabs mm-hmm. and, you know, people make like ones that are just meant to tell a story and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, Hey, okay, cool. And mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they have no illusions that this is art. They're just mm-hmm. like, they're just telling their story in a creative way. There's, I'm like, all right, dude, that's cool. But I've seen <laughs> like terrible stuff that people take really serious. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, like, oh, like I thought you were, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> like, cause if you'd have been laughing, I'd have been laughing. And we'd have been like, oh, this is good. I like that. But you were like serious about it. And so like, I'm oh. going to stop laughing now. Yeah. Dude, but your stuff is. Your stuff is very thoughtful. Like I was looking at your page and you were talking about um, somebody had stolen your your art out of your car. Yeah. They stole God, your supplies, sucked. like all your cutouts. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, that was so sad. Yeah. And it was such a stupid thing for me to have done to left my to have left my bag in the back of my car. But my key latch on my trunk broke and I had to keep I had to crawl into the trunk Jerry rig it with um, cords and stuff to keep it from the hood from popping up because the latch was totally broken and it wouldn't close. So I couldn't put anything in the trunk because I had it. And I'm like, I'm just going to go in the crocker for like a half an hour, just a half an hour. I come back out there. They bust it out. Of course, I left a bag in the back seat. Like this is shit. I told my kids, don't do this, dumbasses. And then I did it. I have a bag in my back seat right now from Target. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they're gonna get some spaghetti sauce <laughs> they're gonna get some fucking spaghetti you know sauce that's the thing the value of what they stole wasn't worth that I mean we price our own art so for us it's valuable but it costs more to get the windows fixed than yeah. what than what, than they what they're gonna get they're not gonna sell my art you know like I don't know that that piece that you posted that you showed. You're like, if some you see this around town, you know, just give it back or uh, or give it a good. Dude, but that piece, I was looking at it. I'm like, dude, that's like the way you frame the lines, the way you like the the layers, like everything. Mm-hmm. It was like so fucking cool, dude. Thanks. Like the words, it's not easy to do. Yeah, it's um. Where, where did like where did your inspiration like? for the depth of it come from from that piece specifically or no, for, just in general just in general because your your stuff is always really thoughtful mm, i think 
Well, I think it's because I'm trying to communicate, right? And, but not, I don't know, it's hard to explain because, you know, I'll do series of pieces that mean a lot, mean a lot. And I don't know if you saw them, they were a while ago. I did them all on, um, it's basically, uh, they're called ATC's Artist Trading Cards. And they're 2.5 times by 3.5 inches. They're really small pieces. Yeah. But I did a series of these and they were, um, like in like abstract and <laughs> abstract landscapes in kind of like orange and purple shades, browns, you know, that kind of thing. And the landscapes and like that whole series was based on this cross country road trip I took with my stepfather. And I think I talked to you about it. I don't know if you remember it. He was Native American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've talked about it. Yeah. He was Kickapoo, Potawatomi um, and white, but his tribes were from eastern Kansas and we lived back there for a while. But he and I took a road trip when I was uh, 20, I think, uh, from the West Coast all the way up to Michigan. And we drove to South Dakota first because uh, he, he was a social worker and he specialized in Indian Child Welfare. So there's the Indian Child Welfare Act. It's a federal um, law. I don't know. It's a federal reg, I guess. But basically it just says you can't take Indian children away from Indian from from native homes and house them with white people. You have to try to get them within other native or indigenous families or tri- or within the tribe. And it's to protect the culture because the country right. has a history of stripping culture. Well, of of tearing the children away from their parents so they could beat the Indian out of them. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So anyway, he was one of the people who helped kind of get this passed and then he'd work with states and tribes to get even um, stronger uh, rules surrounding that within the states and the tribes. But anyway, so we were driving to South Dakota because he had an Indian child welfare conference there. And on the way, like you go through the mountains in Idaho and you're going through these plains and then suddenly like there's all just, just grass, as far as you can see, just grass. And then all of a sudden, it all falls away, and there's the the Badlands. Have you seen pictures of the Badlands before? Probably. They're they're amazing because it's literally like you're just driving, 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 and then you kind of take a detour, and then it's these bluffs that are out in the middle of nowhere. And I guess they find a lot of dinosaurs buried in there too, but they're beautiful and they're kind of browns and purples and pinks, and especially you know if you're there on sunset. But they're gorgeous. It's kind of like a mini Grand Canyon. I mean, color-wise. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. But anyway, so that road trip we took, it was for his business, but also for so for spiritual, because he was a Native American spiritual leader. Like, we had sweat lodge in our backyard, and, you know, we did all these ceremonies and did all that stuff. And one of his um, spiritual leaders was in Michigan, so we were driving all the way across the country to do some spiritual stuff. And so that that trip was so important to me because he raised me from the time I was five. And it was just like me and my dad, right? And, you know, he loved that I was willing to do that stuff with him, to learn all those ways with him. Um, and he fought to get me included because I'm white. I'm, I don't even have a... Cherokee Indian princess, great grandmother, or anything. <laughs> you don't? I don't. You must I be am. the only white lady in who America who doesn't. Who doesn't? I am guaranteed, like, I'm 98% English Irish or something. 
But yeah, anyway, so he got me to get to do all of those things. And so that that whole trip was so important. And so those pieces were so important to me, even though they were only like these teeny tiny pieces. Um, and now I can't remember where I was going with this, but oh, the thoughtfulness of it. So I was reliving that memory that 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 I was trying to kind of put across this um, feeling one of the vastness of this country and the beauty of it, but also the beauty uh, that people in your life can bring you. And so Jan, that was his white name or his birth name or whatever. Um, for him, for me, that's what he did on that trip. It was, this is what this country can look like. This is what it can be. And then these are all these amazing things within it that we learned on the spiritual stuff. You know, when we did all that, it was, it was fantastic. And to be able to make that into art meant a lot because that was kind of more when I wasn't that skilled at what I do. So the fact that they turned out well too, I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did it. But yeah, so I think it's, it's that I'm trying to tell a story and, but not be like beating somebody over the head with it either. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm telling until the piece is made. So. No, I feel that. Like yeah. when you're, um, when there's something on your mind, like it's just underneath that's like trying to peek through like everything you're doing throughout your day mm -hmm. when you can we can unearth that and put it into your art like that mm -hmm. that's the magic yeah it really is and um i i was like i was telling you i was kind of uh, binge listening to some of your podcasts <laughs> the last couple of days and um now i totally blanked out what i was gonna say well, we were talking about it earlier and um, you were talking about, uh, hermano. Well, yeah, that, I mean, man, that guy. Yeah. That dude's cool, man. Uh, I've never met him. I've, I've, you know, been a fan of his work you, for a You long probably time, walked past him a dozen times, dude. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. He's like the most like humble dude. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in looking at his art, I'm totally now going off topic, but looking at his art, there's a really huge depth of spirituality in it. Oh, for sure. Like there's like spirit animals and yeah, but I mean, but it's something you you look at it and you know it's deep. Like you know, there's something more to it than just it's not just art. It's not just paint on paper or whatever. It's not. It's not just pretty. Mm -mm. There's there's a lot more in there talking to you, and I don't know that you necessarily know what it's saying, but there's just there's so much to it. And there's a lot of artists who are like that, but yeah, where it's speaking specifically to to the interaction you're having with it, mm -hmm. like to each audience member, it's having a specific conversation with yeah other people, and you know I think great art does that. Oh yeah, I, like for great sure. art has like a thousand meanings. Yeah, and the artist, if you tell them like, oh, I I like how you uh, really like brought across it, they're gonna be like. If they're not a pretentious douchebag, right. they're usually going to be like, yeah, no, I didn't think <laughs> anything close to that. I was I was eating a fucking cold cheeseburger <laughs> and I just started going. And then before you know it, like the piece just created itself or, or right. whatever their process is. Right. You know, but it's there's something subconscious. I think when we tap into our subconscious, like that's where the power comes from. Oh, yeah. There's no question. I have a question for you, though. 
when you're when you're creating your art, like when you're making stuff, do you plan it out in advance? Do you sketch it all out? Do you have it in your head how you want it? No. Is it so you just kind of the piece reveals itself? Okay. Like I just start throwing paint. Like I I have a like I have my palette that I'm working with, like the the colors. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just go in my box and I'll be like, I want this color, this color, this color, this color, this color. And they're all like, there's nothing too crazy. I, I usually only have like seven colors max, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and that's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, including white. So, you know, I just kind of blend my basic colors together, you know, cools and warms and, and I just let it go. And I, the, the thing that comes first is like the image, like I'll be like scrolling or I'll, you know, whatever I'll, you know, when we had paper magazines, you know, I'd be going through a magazine and be like, oh, I got to paint that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a pose, there's a look, there's something, there's an angle. And I'm like, oh, I, I have to paint that or I have to draw that. And I might not do it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but one day I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh yeah, today's the day. And then I just. It's time to go. Yeah. And, and it's just, and it just happens and it kind of just manifests itself Mm -hmm. the good ones happen that way so do you have to so do you have to do you have to have a reference in front of you i mean do you work better that way like if you're doing figurative if i'm doing figurative stuff Mm -hmm. it's always from a reference Mm -hmm. i'm always inspired by what i'm seeing Mm -hmm. so it's always my interpretation and this is me you know back engineering everything um it's always my interpretation of an image Mm -hmm. right and I, i try to I try to like create meaning with color and with brush strokes mm-hmm. and you know like the the douchebag stuff they teach you in art school even though I didn't go to art school you know I I, I watch um like tutorials mm-hmm. on YouTube on YouTube <laughs> and like some of these guys are like like super pretentious, dude. You could just tell. Yeah. They got a French accent. They're like, I was like, dude, fucking come on, man. You're not Relax, even from bro. France. Yeah, you're from Detroit, dude. You're from Detroit. But there's always something I can learn, and there's always like somebody trying to tell you like they know what it means, but I think they're full of shit. Yeah. I think they're full of shit because I've I've thought I know I knew what pieces meant, and then later on it's like, if it didn't, there was something else. You mean your own pieces? Yeah, my own pieces. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. You know, you, I think I'm making something, a certain way, or whatever, and it's not until I'm trying to come up with a title that I really actually look at the piece and absorb it. And you're like, oh shit. And then this is what it means now. And this is why it has this title. Even though when I'm making it, I'm not conscious of that at all, which is weird. No, I think that's the purest motivation. Yeah. Like, cause you're not, you're not worried about the outcome. You're just in the journey. And that's, that's how I find myself with, with most things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have a direction that I want to go in, but I don't, ha- I'm not, I'm carving the path out as I go. Yeah. I'm carving around roadblocks, digging under shit. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to. Like make my way to that to that area, and and it might not be dead center where I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. because it ended up being something else. So do you don't you don't do a like a, a study first, I, like a smaller piece? No, no, no. I, I I think that has to do with you know learning to draw and paint in prison where it was so hard to get paint, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You just have the one thing and you're I, just going to make the most of and it. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I can't afford, like I literally cannot afford to, right. <laughs> you know, work sketches. So people who do like, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, like my cousin, Nick, he, mm-hmm. he does, he does sketches and they're like probably 80% or higher than what he has sketched out. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the little bit of difference that comes across like in the finished piece is huge. what makes it huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Because it's supposed to just be a sketch. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't do that. Like I tell him all the time, like, dude, that's, that's fucking badass, dude. <laughs> he's like, just wait until you see the final. Oh dude. Like he's got stuff that like you plug into the wall. Cause it's like lit, it's like neon lights and yeah, he's fucking badass, dude. He's yeah. badass. He's showing in San Francisco right now. I know. I yeah. So I also, uh, one of my other hats, I do the stories on the Art House uh, Instagram page. Not the post, just the stories. And so I told Nick, I'm like, dude, if you ever want me, Art House, to share your work, tag me. Tag us. So he's, he does it pretty regularly. <laughs> so I'm totally on top of all of the stuff he's doing because, you know. I love it. I, yeah, I dude. mean, it's great. Yeah. And it's so, it's so random, man. Um, that like his brother moved up here, like, and he was, he's the, the only member of our family that lives up here at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, he just moved up here. And then I moved out here. Like when I paroled, I moved out here and he was like, Hey, what's up? Cause you're home, man. What's yeah. up? Like, come on by. My dad's going to be in town. Come to the house. So we went over there we hung out and uh, we we're trying to convince Nick and TJ to move up here. We're like, hey, dude, you should come up here, man. It's oh, cool. that's right. Because when I met you, he didn't live up here yet. He was visiting. He came up to visit. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've only been here like four years, mm-hmm. something like that. They were in Oakland. Yeah. And they would commute. Mm-hmm. And now it's the other way around. Now, now they commute to, <laughs> to the city. <laughs> but yeah, dude, whenever that happens, like whenever I see people like sketching and doing all that stuff, I think that's magic. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of times people are like, you don't have a sketch beforehand? How do you do it? I'm like, and they think that's magic. So I'm like, <laughs> eh, the grass is always greener. It's all magic. Yeah, it's all magic, dude. We're pulling. Yeah. Look, this is some rabbit hole shit, but think about this. Okay. We're going to use this coaster right here, right? This coaster. So everything that's, well, let's say 90%, 95, I'm not a fucking geologist, but <laughs> let's say 95% of the shit that's on earth has been here from the beginning of earth and it's the particles have been floating around from the beginning of time and it just so happens that the cork was mushed up a thousand trees whatever it was mushed up and the lucky pieces were put on to the back of this coaster Right, mm-hmm. and the glue that comes from hooves—I don't know where it comes from, uh, right? <laughs> Horse hooves—that's that, where glue used to come from, right? So, the glue comes from horses or who, wherever it comes from, and all these little particles come together. The pigments mm-hmm. that come from China that have been, you know, uh, on a trek from a boat, and they—they—they've been docked, and somebody had to unload them and bring them and then mix them and then put an emulsifier in them and mm-hmm. all this shit, all this happens. Just to make this little coaster. Just to make this little coaster, dude, and this little art. Mm-hmm. And my crazy ass thinks 
that there's a God mm-hmm. and that God knows the end from the beginning. So before we're doing any of this shit, he's already seen how it all ends. He sees like through the hall of time. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, all these pieces already exist in different like fragments of time. And it's up to me to make good on what he already sees. To pull it out. So I'm just, I'm just pulling that out mm-hmm. because it's already there. And I'm just, I'm just bringing it here. Yeah. And that's, that's my level of douchebaggery there. <laughs> that's, that's where I go with it. Well, you have to fake your French accent though. Oh, see, <laughs> you need to, there's a God. And he pulls it out. Of the- yes. And he pulls it out of, uh, you know, uh, how you say. Um, the air. The, the air. But he make air. So it's easy for him. Yeah. I think you just lost all of your French fans. Oh, dude. <laughs> I think I did have a French listener. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere there's a French listener. Somebody listened to one of my episodes in France or something. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> thank you. I, I think that's, uh, yeah. Thank you very Merci much. Merci is, yeah, thank you very much. Beaucoup is a lot. Yeah. And Merci is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, French guy. <laughs> thanks, French dude. Yeah, thanks, Frenchy. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, how did you get how did you get started with the out the outhouse? outhouse? <laughs> the well, the thing with the outhouse, I didn't really want to talk about, but since you brought it up, I mean, there's already a hole there. You know, and, you know, I had to go. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Build a little wall. Do you know Lala Ortiz? She does a lot of stuff. She makes sculptures. She makes jewelry. I'm sure I do. Yeah, Sacramento's small. Yeah, um, she. We were friends. Um, I worked. Had you heard of the nonprofit Vox? Vox Sacramento. Yeah. Um, I helped form it, um, and I volunteered for it, and I was the um, medical medical director. That's my day job. Butting in. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not a medical director, but I help form law firm, uh, health law, health corporations. There you go. Oh, nice. This. Five sips of wine has really affected me already. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's getting me there too. I'm like, like wow, what am I saying? Uh, anyway, um, so Vox Sacramento, we helped emerging artists have a place to show their work. So I met a lot of um, local artists really early on in their careers, and it's been really fun seeing them, just how great they've become. But Lala was one of the people who helped volunteer to, you know, um, host these art shows and curate them and do all the work around it. And then she left and she found a space over at Art House and she couldn't afford it by herself because it's a big, you know, the Studio 10 was really yeah. big. So her idea was get like four people to share the space and then we could afford it. And um, so that's what happened. I never thought I would want a studio or need a studio. I always just worked on the a kitchen table behind the couch in the living room so that I could be there and present when my kids were little, but I could still work on art, but still be in the same room with them. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then she found the space and it's been nine years now. She left. Oh. Yeah. She left after a couple of years and then Yoli, Yoli was there and then um, Susan McCarley and, we just had a rotating group of artists for a while, and then it was COVID that did did us in. Yeah. Yeah, and so, because uh, we had to shut down for, I guess it was the three months. 
Yeah. Like the building was open, but we couldn't have the public in. Yeah, so it's like, what? Yeah, if you're not selling your art through there, if you're not using that as your studio space, if you're just using it to display your art, that didn't make sense. Um, so Yoli Nataki Owino, who's yeah, an yeah. amazing lady, and Susan, they're like, yeah, we, you know, we need to walk away, and I was going to walk away as well. But then Diane Poinsky, who was a photo and caustic artist, I don't know if you saw her work or not, but... Um, we were friends and she's like, you know, I'm going to be in and out of the studio. So do you want to, do you want to be my studio mate? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not ready to leave art house yet. And so I'm still there, but yeah, I mean, that's just and how now it's, it's been. Sparrow gallery. Well, Sparrow gallery is the gallery downstairs. Okay. So Sparrow gallery and there's all these little shops like the tea cozy, yeah. the yarn store, you know, there's a lot downstairs, but then you go upstairs and we have our own gallery and then 13, I think it's 13 studios. So I think we have like 23 or 23 artists right now. Whoa. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Bounce back from COVID. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, we're still not getting the people in to view the art. Like the foot traffic isn't like not like pre-COVID, pre-COVID not like pre-COVID, yeah. but it's definitely picking up. And after those first three months, we went back to having open studios, so we would still have people in and be just like during the day. A second Saturday was always fun. It was, I mean, and especially Studio Ten because Yoli always made it a party. Oh, dude, Yoli, she- <laughs> Yoli gets some some poor retired white lady drunk. <laughs> <laughs> And she's getting sassy and she's dancing. And I'm like, Yoli, what are, what are you doing? You know what you're doing. She totally. You, yeah. And there'd be like just ladies coming in like, hey, do you guys have any more wine? Oh, dude. I don't know if you were there. <laughs> we finally stopped keeping the alcohol out on the counter. Yeah, I was there for one of the shows. I, I, forgot, what it, uh, I forgot what it was, but I, I was showing something. I was showing a piece there. And uh, you're like, uh, you're like, you want a drink? And I was like, yeah. And then you like went behind the desk or something. We had and to you're like pouring it, like kneeling down. I'm like, what? Are you, what? And yeah, like, oh, because these broads come through here, fucking. No, what they did is they walked right in. They helped themselves to the wine, poured it, and walked right out. We had no idea who they were. They didn't even pretend to look at our art. They were just like, there's fucking wine yeah, here. There's booze. And they didn't even ask. And we were like, okay, that's it. We've had enough Ugh. of this, you know, this Mooching. is crazy. It's just freeloading. Yeah, moochers. Just pretend like you like one piece or something. Yeah, just, oh, ask me about it while you're sipping my fucking wine, <laughs> you dick. And then leave. That's Jeez. fine. The worst. But yeah, that's how I started at Art House. And then, but I've been involved in the community for a long time. Um, even before I was really showing art, I was volunteering for Vox to like so put up these shows. So you're always like dancing around the idea, like, am I one of these people? I wanted to be. I mean, in the way I even like met the Vox people, like to start showing locally was um, in the law firm I worked at. It was like really small at the time. There was only two attorneys and three staff and it was really chill. And I'd keep some of my art on my table uh, at my desk. And one of our clients walked in with his wife and she saw that and she's like, wow, that's really a cool idea. You should show with Vox, like this group. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't, you know, yeah, I'm, not, I can't do that. I'm not really an artist. She goes, no, they'd really like your work. You should do it. And so I like nervously brought a few pieces and they were, um, 
What's that little, it, it's a place across from Sutter's Fort. It was a hall, um, not like an Elks Lodge, but it was something like that, Masonic Town. I don't know what it was. But not not on the. It was. It was on, like a Blimpies right there. Well, it's but it it was like on the other side. It's on that side of the street, but it was west of there. It's somewhere like right over on that side. But okay. Anyway, there was a hall there, so they would do pop up shows. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks like a church. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they do pop up shows, and I, you know, I nervously brought my stuff down, and they're like, "Yeah, that'd be great," and they were so nice that I was like, "Oh, I want to help you. I want to volunteer," and then. That just kind of snowballed. It so you were kind of a satellite for a little bit, like just like orbiting. Mm-hmm. And and then I was helping organize it and run it and curate artists and find artists and bring them in. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But at a certain point, you're like, this is really hard. <laughs> artists are hard to deal with sometimes. Uh, dude, look. I, you were I, the worst. I get it. No. No. Like I I try my hardest not to be a flake or not to be uh, a but prima I'm donna a prima. I don't. Oh need, my god! Oh, dude! Like you don't hang somebody's work in the right place. Like why? Why am I? Why am I so far down the wall? Like what? Like dude, there's a flow to the. To, we're not just fucking picking somebody else's piece because I think they're a cooler person than you. It's like the 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 art has to have a flow, and the way the art flows is. Your shit's here. <laughs> right? <laughs> Fucking, did, did you explain it with your shit is here? Because yeah, your shit is that. here. Yeah, your shit is here. Yeah, my shit is over there. Like th- that guy's shit is over there. That girl's shit is right there. Your shit is here. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. But, you know, I, I get it because it's so... It's so exposed. You're so exposed as an artist. Right? And, mm-hmm. you know, to... To just be walking around like a fucking like a like you got a fresh road rash, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you yeah. when you put a piece when you put yourself into a piece and you're showing it, like that's that's scary. That's why people don't. That's why people don't put their show their stuff in shows. That's why people don't post videos of their paintings or their or their art. Like, oh, I'm not a real artist because it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to mm-hmm. have somebody say like, hey, your shit is actual shit. It, you know, I, I mean, I agree. And I think that's why I like doing what I did with Vox for so long is that you get people who are just starting out and they have that lack of confidence because they've never shown their work. They're scared. And my favorite, my, my, like my favorite experience, um, with them was there was this, uh, young man who was, um, he was a photographer, but he also liked writing and he, he would write, you know, he'd take these beautiful photographs of his family and then write these little stories below it. And so I found him on, I think it was Flickr. Do you know what Flickr is? I do not. It's like a photo hosting uh, site. And so it's like social media, but it's for... Photographers. For photographers, but or anybody who just loves posting pictures. But I found him on Flickr, and I reached out to him. I'm like, you know, this is really beautiful. Would you be interested in showing with us? And... He came down and he was really nervous and he did it. And then afterwards, it was like this light bulb went off and he immediately self-published a photography book with the writing in it, like all the little short stories. And he said, you know, it was directly because of that that I felt confident enough to to do this. And I love that. I love seeing that. Um, I think because of how people were with me, how – 
much they encouraged me that it showed me how much it means to encourage other people. Right. Yeah. Like you, 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 give them an opportunity to show their work and they learn from it. They also learn what they need to do better and how they grow, but it gives them the confidence to keep going. And I think that's so huge for people, you know? Yeah. I think when, when I was in prison, like, yeah, I'm always talking about prison because fucking, (laughs) I mean, that's where my art journey begins. I ask people, what does your art journey begin? Mine begins in prison. Also, it's good that you talk about it. I didn't know that you'd been in prison. Like I found out. I told you. No, I didn't find out until you posted something about your parole was finally over. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, you were in jail. (laughs) Yeah. No, I didn't know. So yeah. 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 And and people didn't realize that I quoted a pony boy Curtis (laughs) in the opening because in the opening of the outsiders, uh, he says, as I stepped out of the dark movie house into the bright sunlight and the story starts. Yeah. And I just kind of ripped off S.E. Hinton. Really? I hope she doesn't sue me. R.I.P. R.I.P.? She's gone? I think, yeah. Oh. I'm just going to say yes. Like, yeah, she's dead. Yeah, yeah, she did. The bitch <laughs> she, did. She's dead. <laughs> she's dead. It's fine. You can do whatever. But that was that was my favorite book growing up. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of captures, uh, talk about art. Like, it, it captures, like, what it's like to have a surrogate family that's up to no good. <laughs> you know, but it, they're your family. Yeah. You know, they're just up to no good. Yeah. Like uh, I could relate to that. I yeah. was like, oh yeah, dude, I get it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I always related most to uh, to Derry because they said that he would have been a soch if it wasn't for his brothers. Right. And I was like, because uh, I was always kind of the preppy kid. I was the angel. In the, yeah. No, I was. <laughs> I was like, the no. fucking. I was the scumbag who dressed well enough to not get pulled over by the cops. Ah, very nice. You know, and I always got along with jocks and the preps and mm-hmm. oh, I sold weed growing up. So everybody loved you. So, uh, Dude, I was the weed man. The first <laughs> the first guy to call me weed man, I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm weed man. Oh, I am weed man. Oh, yeah, I'm weed man. I got weed. Now, hey, you, now weed? you'd be Wanna weed bro. Smoke? Yeah, weed bro. <laughs> yeah, now I'd be working at a dispensary. I'd have dreads. Well, my son worked at the dispensary and he didn't have dreads. Oh, dude. There was this white dude named Skyler. Scott, uh, shout out to Skyler, dude, I went in there. I I had a ruptured disc in my back, and I I fucking couldn't walk, dude. It, it, walking is the best thing for it. And you're but like, like, but I can't do but, it. But I can't get off the floor for 45 minutes. It take me like 45 minutes to get up, dude. It's terrible. So I go to the dispensary, and I'm like, hey, buddy, oh, like uh, I'm looking for something for like pain, and he's like. Oh yeah, bro. Like I um like so what you're gonna want is like like a CBD, like something like that, right? Like something like anti-inflammatory. I'm like, yeah, bro, yeah. And he's like, so but like my recommendation is like a CBD with a THC enhancer because that's really <laughs> gonna like get you there, you know, and really kind of like set that relaxation like in in real deep, you know. And that's what you're looking for. And I was like, I fucking love you, Skyler. <laughs> but hurry, just give awesome. it to just me right give now, me please. The fucking- <laughs> And like he gave me some gummies and like a pre-roll and he's like, this should set you up, buddy. Thank you, man. And I was like, uh, dude, thank you. And, uh, and did it work? And it fucking worked. Did Nothing exactly else worked, dude. I was trying. Uh, I I don't take opiates. Mm-hmm. It's just as a rule. I fucking don't. I don't even take Tylenol 3s. Those things suck. Yeah. So, and they just don't, re- I, I just feel like um, 
Like I haven't showered in three days. <laughs> like I take I take a pill an hour and a half later. I'm like, did I not shower for three days? Because I feel gross. I'm disgusting. Yeah, dude. So um, I forgot what I was going to say, but Skylar. The CBD oil. Yeah, this, yeah the, the CBD, CBD they enhanced. Fucking, yeah. I, I actually have a funny story about that too. I mean, not about your back because <laughs> I don't know shit about it. But no, my dad, um, my dad had a series of strokes. Like he had six strokes in two years or six strokes in three years, something like that bad. And he lost his ability to talk and like all the shit. And, um, he started, Oh, before he had his strokes, he started taking CBD oil because he had some like leg wound that wouldn't heal. And he was told that, that this does help with the pain and the discomfort. And he fought it for a long time because he was a hippie and he's like, I'm not going to smoke weed anymore. I'm past that. Yeah. And then they're like, well, it has no THC in it. He's like, Oh, so he started using it and it helped and did all that. Well, so he had all of his strokes and he couldn't talk anymore. And he came up to my house to visit. And what we didn't know is he's starting to have dementia too. Cause when somebody doesn't talk, you can't tell that they have dementia cause they're not right. talking crazy. They're just start acting weird. But anyway, so he'd have like a lot of times where he wasn't very clear. He wasn't following the conversation. But at one point, my daughter came down and like she had a headache and she's like, God, my head hurts and the Tylenol didn't help. And my dad, like his eyes got really bright. His, and he went, oh, because what he could say was shit. And oh, like no, no lie. It was. Like, oh, shit. Shit. No. Oh. Yeah. Everything was shit. Oh, shit. Shit. Like it was angry, happy, sad. There's shit for every occasion. And my dad nailed it. But he was like, shit. Like, Eureka, I've got an idea. So my daughter's like, what? <laughs> he runs out, he gets his CBD oil and he's like, he he hands it to her. He's like motioning at it. Shit. Shit. And she's like, I don't think I should take this. I don't think I should take this from my grandfather <laughs> like you know like yeah you're gonna want this uh but he was he was like it had changed his life and he tried to get everybody to use it it was it was funny so but i mean it worked so Dude, well it, it works it yeah. works um there's like a like you get like a a crazy like um like the muscles get super tight and it feels like your back is gonna break in half like oh, when you God. have a yeah, when you have like a pinched nerve from a you know uh, bulging disc, it's not good. And the oh my only, God, you're getting old. Oh, dude, you're I, talking about well, dude. Well, that happened. Like, that happened to me uh, the first time when I was like 16. I got in a bike wreck. Oh God. And I walked away from it, but like two days, three days later in PE, bam. Uh, I went to. I wasn't even dressed out for PE. I was selling weed, and I got to fucking PE late, and. <laughs> They hit a volleyball past me, like over my head, and I I went to like lift my arm up to stop the ball, and I just felt that, and I went, oh shit, yeah, and I'd never felt pain like that before. So this is recurring, based on yeah, like it's an just, injury you had, yeah, got it. And you know, laying on a metal bunk for sixteen years, like didn't do me any favors. Not good on your back. Not great. Not not ideal. But you know, just maintenance. Really. Mm -hmm. And also like sitting down for hours painting at a, at a metal desk. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, maybe not the best. Yeah. So what I ended up doing uh, was I started, I moved my art setup to 
um, especially when I started painting, I would roll my mattress up and push it up against the the wall, like the far end of my bunk, like the head of my bed. Mm-hmm. I'd roll it up like a like a Swiss roll, mm-hmm. right? Kind of roll it up and push it off over there. And then I had all this room to to paint or to sketch or do whatever. And like I usually had when I'd save up enough money, I would buy uh, sixteen by twenty four or eighteen by twenty four art paper, mm-hmm. watercolor paper. Mm-hmm. The hard, the hard, uh, yeah, yeah, the heavy, heavy, Mm -hmm. like hundred pound or whatever it was. Three fifty, I think, is the biggest one. Anyways, yeah, three fifty. Yeah, the the Bristol. Yeah, 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 the Bristol, and um, that's what I would use the the watercolor paper. I'd use that for for painting acrylic, Mm -hmm. and I I would use like all the like shitty paint that people would give me. I would just use that to texture the paper, Mm -hmm. and to give it like some like some heft, Mm -hmm. and then I'd paint an image over it. I'd go. get gesso and I gesso over everything mm-hmm. or sometimes I just gesso over certain parts and I'd, I'd have my like my image in that white spot I'd usually like I, I'd trace like the the outline that I wanted mm-hmm. and I'd have it because I learned that from uh, a Sally who used to do that for tattooing he's like but you could use it to draw too I was like what and you don't get like a perfect like outline but you get yeah, but a, you get a, a, you get roadmap yeah you get basic a roadmap. idea mm-hmm. so i'm like oh so that's how like i would uh create my paintings and do all that stuff now i fucking have a projector <laughs> you know but i'm i'm not above you know getting a photocopy of something and just laying something down yeah yeah because people are like well, well don't you think that's cheating because like you should be able to like yeah i should be able to <laughs> slam dunk a basketball too but guess what I'm not. guess what junior <laughs> I fucking can't. All right. So there. Yeah. I, that's not a skill I've developed. I've developed this skill and I've developed it, you know, quite well. I'm I'm happy with the results, you know, so it, it works for me. Isn't it crazy how you can be such a fantastic artist with what you do? I mean, let me see. Let me see if I can phrase this differently. I don't know. Phrase it. Offend people. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, offend no I'm not trying to offend anybody. No, I mean, it's not that. It's a matter of me like not making the accurate point I was trying to make. Okay. I was going the wrong direction for the point I was trying to make. But like there are these people who do such great work in the style that they do. But then you try to get them to do anything else and they kind of like fall apart. Yeah. Right? Like, you They're know. They're specialists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, well, I mean. I can cut out like a motherfucker. I can glue, yeah. you know, but draw like my stick figures have issues. <laughs> like it's bad. They just magically have like they're Tom all, Holland's face on there. It's like, is that all, Spider-Man? Why does he have Spider-Man's face? They're all wobbly and they're shaky and all that. But no, but it, but it's interesting. Like I know, you know, there's, you know, people, artists who can do every single style of art and they're good at it. Right. Yeah, but usually people who are good at everything aren't really great at one thing. I've heard that, but I, I mean, I know well, there's people. Some ass- there's some people who are like real assholes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great they're at everything. They're good at everything and they barely try and they're really good. You know what I mean? Some people are real assholes, dude. Oh, like, is that him? Because like, he's smiling like, oh, oh yeah, Mar- no, Mario's thank you. At, Mario's good at a lot of shit. <laughs> he's like, like, I know I am. Thanks. So there's there's people like Justin Bieber. Like that dude is good at everything, dude. <laughs> Like there's videos of him like hitting three pointers, like just like just sinking them. Yeah, because like what else does can, he have to do? He's got to sing and he's going to practice his three point. Yeah, shot. but he he was a badass singer yeah. at like twelve. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, but there's just people who have like Jamie Foxx, like the guy can do anything. Yeah, it's, 
there's just people who are that way. Yeah. And uh, there's also specialists. There's guys who, uh, like the guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. John Frusciante, mm-hmm. my favorite musician in the world. He doesn't have a driver's license. He's never learned how to drive a car. Is he from New York or L.A.? Uh, he was actually born in New York, I think, but he was raised in L.A. from the time he was like eight or nine or something oh, okay. like that. Yeah, no, all my friends who are either London or New York, half yeah. of them don't drive. They've never yeah. had to learn. Yeah, the, the parking will yeah. kill you. Yeah. Well, yeah. the driving will kill you. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, but the the parking in New York City is just like it's worse than San Francisco. Well, I've never done like it. trying <laughs> like trying to like pay for parking. Oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yesterday we went to a concert. Like I have a friend. Shout out to Hawk. Hawk, I love you, buddy. He found out. Well, he he messages me one day, and we're we're talking about um a band that. Do you know who Arcade Fire is? Sure. Okay, Ar- dude. Awesome. Yeah. I knew there was a reason to have you on. <laughs> you know, I knew I had to have you on this week because this dude, for my birthday, he calls me up. He doesn't even know it's my birthday. He 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 texts me and he says, hey, dude, um, if I buy you a ticket to fly out to Philadelphia or if I buy you a ticket for 5 a.m. tomorrow, um, you, you'll show up in time to for us to hang out and then we'll go to see Arcade Fire. They're going to play... Um, neon bible in its entirety he's like it's the first time they've ever done it he's like so i'll fly you out saturday morning 5 a.m you leave from oakland and um i'll have you back on a plane at on monday morning holy crap So you'll be back in sacramento i'm like dude i'm like it's my birthday bro i said my wife already made plans reservations months in advance i'm like dude i look I fucking want to go. I mean, this how is, often does that it, happen? It never, it's never happened to me. Has how, that ever happened to you? How about I fly you over here for a thing? Bro. I mean, and this is my dude. We, yeah. like we, we were in a band together in prison for like 10 years. Like he been, th- he went through a bunch of shit in prison and like crazy shit. And I was like the square that hung out with him. This is like making white lightning in his cell. And he, you know what I mean? And he's like smoking weed in the chow hall when no one's in there. It's just, he's a wild man. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love him, but he's, he's a fucking wild man. He yeah. lives in Philly and he's like, Hey, he does wild man shit. Like he's like, Hey dude, I'm going to bring my bro over here because we have this band that we love and nobody else really loves him the way we do. Cause I bought that album. I had my family buy it for me and it kind of changed the way I thought about music. Mm-hmm. It, it changed the way I thought about, like, lyrics, about composition, about, you know, how a song, like, feels. Not not so much, uh, this might be weird to, to say, but not so much how a song makes you feel, but the feel that the song has. Mm-hmm. I understand. You know? Mm-hmm. And that album... And the, the just the band in in particular, like they they have so many songs that you just sing along to, mm-hmm. and they're such storytellers too. Oh, dude, Win Butler's a genius. Mm-hmm. So, I told him I can't do it, and he's like, "Oh, brother, I love you, man." He's like, "Your family's lucky to have you." He's like, "I would have went." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I would have fucking went." And I was like, "No, brother, I'll, I'll be with you, man. I just you know, yeah. have a good time and think <sighs> of me." And one of our best friends, we were like the three amigos. Me, him, we're. we're all my friends were all misfits in prison because mm-hmm. we weren't really into gangs. We weren't into like a lot of the dumb shit. Mm-hmm. 
and we bonded over this album when I got it. And we were just like, we passed it back and forth. And we're like, dude, this is fucking amazing. And last night, he calls me up and says, hey, dude. He's like, I'm transferring the tickets over to you. Uh, they're playing in San Francisco. He's like, I'm going to transfer you the tickets right now. He's like, if you leave right now, you can make it. Oh, my God. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I just got off the phone with StubHub. He's like, I got you two tickets. You and Vicky go. Have fun. Oh so I was like, oh, shit. So like, Vicky, I want you to listen to this music. <laughs> no, she, she already she knows. knows. It's, okay. it's in it's in rotation yeah, yeah. On, on road trips, you know, when, when we're not listening to like kid bop or whatever. no no dude we we, we do not we do we are not. not gonna do no, that she she usually has she doesn't let me drive when we're in the car i'm riding shotgun she's driving <laughs> squinting because she doesn't like wearing her glasses so she's like squinting down the road and shit and i'm like ah, oh, dude we're gonna fucking i'm like you just can't see how bad you're driving you just can't see exactly that's why i don't yeah. wear my glasses now she's gonna kill me she's gonna be like hey dude what <laughs> why are you telling everybody no but um so we went yesterday and it was just, you know, I, I went to church like twice a week for 16 years in prison. And there was like some really spiritual moments that I had. Like when you feel like you're, you're positive that there's somebody up there. You're, you're just sure of it. Mm-hmm. And my buddy, you know, the third amigo... He, uh, he, he died about two years back. Um, he killed himself and fucking, I was on the phone with him while, while he, while he left. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, dude, it was fucking rough, man. Fucking rough shit. But you know, you, I think about it like this, like at least he didn't go alone. Yeah. You you were there with him. Yeah, I was there with him on the Mm -hmm. phone and shit, Mm -hmm. motherfucker. But yesterday I just had like this, like I, I took the the necklace. I have a necklace with his ashes in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took it to the show with me. And dude, when I tell you like everything just happened like perfectly, we pull up. As we're pulling up to the thing, somebody's leaving. So, so yeah. we park across from, <laughs> dude, this is downtown San Francisco. Right, and you're like, we park across from the Bill Graham uh auditorium yeah we're, we're across the street like dude we're how, right here how, how did this happen yeah and then we walk in and it's just you know it's general it's general admission so we're like uh we have like tickets on the balcony but we don't even have to go up there we just walk onto the floor and we walk right up to the barricade mm-hmm. basically and we just like enjoyed the show dude you were right there we were like right there and they dude they walked through the show dude it was the most lovely show i've ever been to like these like they made, they made you feel special for being there. It was weird. I've never been to a concert like that. I've mm-hmm. been to like, especially this year, I went to see the Chili Peppers. That was like a, a spectacle and it was amazing. They played beautifully. It was fucking great, dude. We had a blast. Yeah. I saw Kiss <laughs> at Aftershock. Dude, it was like so theatrical and just right, like right, over right. the top. It was just like, what, dude? Like these, of yeah. course, they've been doing it for 50 years. <laughs> but it's just, it was like a masterful performance. Like that was the greatest performance I've ever seen. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. But yesterday was just so like, everybody there felt special. Like mm-hmm. you could feel it in the room. Like everyone was there. Also, there was a guy like freaking out on drugs. <laughs> like I'm, I'm walking back. I, I go get a drink of, 
uh, of water and I come back and Vicky's like, help him, help him, help him. I'm like, what? And this dude, he's like, he's got like the thousand yard stare and his butt. And there's this other guy like laying him down on the ground. And the guy's like frozen, like stiff as a board. And he lays him down and the guy's just like stuck. And I'm like, oh, and my wife is like, she's telling security like, hey, this dude needs help. And then the security guy comes over and goes, hey, hey. And the dude just like snaps out of it. And he's like, huh, what? It's like, oh, man. And then you could just see how fucking high he was. And I'm like, well, he's breathing, so he's fine. <laughs> he's going to be okay. Yeah, but the part that sucked was he had to leave. They took him out. Like, they walked him out to, like, an ambulance. I'm like, oh, you missed an amazing show, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, it was magic, man, to see that. I've never experienced that kind of art. Like, you know? it, it completely enveloped you. But yeah. But not only just the sound and everything but also the emotions yeah dude right? and, and i felt like my like i felt like my friend was there with me mm-hmm. it was fucking cool dude i've, I've yeah. never um i've never had that kind of experience with uh like especially in a fucking room full of sweaty strangers people, right dude yeah dude it was, it was so cool but everyone was just like vibing out dude it was yeah it was a pretty uh like rattling moment and like rattled me in a good way. I think How do you it, mean? How did it rattle you? Just that you felt every, everything coming together, right? Like it rattled you in that way or, you, you know, hmm, how could I put this? Um, you know, when you got a bunch of odd shaped ice cubes, no, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, like, okay. Mine are you, all you squares. Ever put, like you ever put a bunch of ice cubes in your cup and they don't quite sit right. Yeah. And then you got to like shake the cup around and then all of a sudden. It they, all settles in. It all settles in and yeah. they're all where they're supposed to be and it all fits. Like that's kind of what happened yesterday. Interesting. It, it just, it just happened. Like I, dude, we, my mom had come up earlier in the day. We had a great visit with my mom. She brought some stuff for the kids. We hung out. We got in and out. Ha 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 ha. Love you, mom. Bye. We're just hanging out, dude. Yeah. And I get the text. Wow. Just like that? Just like that. He told me he was going to do it. He's like, hey, dude, I'm going to buy tickets for you guys. And I'm like, you know, I love my buddy. I love him. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes he. It just doesn't he, happen. Right. Uh, like that. It usually does. Oh, okay. But I hadn't heard from him. And I'm like, I'm not going to sweat him for the tickets if he can't get them. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's fine. And it's two, two and a half hours before the show. So I doubt <laughs> he's going to I'm pretty sure we're not going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not going. The fuck we're not. They get the text and Vicky's like, well, call my sister and tell her to come over and watch the kids. And it worked out. Everything worked it, it out. It worked perfectly. out, dude. It worked I love out. That. Yeah, but enough of me rambling. <laughs> dude. So <laughs> I'm so happy I met you. I'm so happy that we're friends. I'm so happy that you facilitate such a great space for people to like feel accepted as like a as part of the artist community. You know, because it, it, it's it's a thing to walk into a an art studio and feel like they don't want you there. Oh, yeah. All the time. You go places and people are on their phones and they don't want to talk to you. Excuse me. No. <clears throat> Sorry. You, no, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always just so excited when people are taking the time out to come look at art. Right? They're taking... Not every day I feel like going out and doing something. And so the fact that somebody's going out there and actually coming, first of all, and then when you start talking to people, 
when I start talking to people, if I find out they create art, I get so excited. I'm so excited. I love it. And so I think, you know, when we started talking and you were like, you know, talking about your art, I just love that shit. I, I, I live for it. I mean, I really do. You can ask my studio mates. I'm always, as soon as somebody starts talking about their art, I'm just like, let me see pictures. Let me, you know, and it's not an act. It's not whatever. I truly, I love when people are able to express themselves. I think for me growing up, um, I was always expected to be very quiet, you know, stay out of the way, you know, seen, not heard or not even seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, what I had to say wasn't of value. And so when people are able to kind of get up that nerve, that strength to actually show their work for the first time sometimes or whatever, I am so grateful to be able to see it. Like I want to encourage people. I just want people to want to do more and create more and, and it's just, I love it. It's just a good thing. What do you think that, what do you think that like stems from? Um, well, I was thinking about this the other day just randomly. And part of it is, you know, we all are born kind of with this innate personality traits or these innate personality traits. And I think I've always been a people pleaser. Like that's just kind of who I am. I'm just, I would not get in trouble. I do what I was supposed to, you know, whatever. So I have that kind of like not wanting to please people, but liking to make people happy kind of thing. But then growing up with my stepfather, he had a lot of problems. So he wasn't like the saint or whatever. But the one thing that I learned from him more than anything was um, generosity of spirit and community, right? So um, I grew up learning his traditional ways, you know, so Native American spiritual ways. And the way he taught me was when you pray, you pray for your community. You don't pray for yourself. You pray for others, you know. Um, and I've kind of turned that into wanting to help others. So like, uh, encouraging others, it's that same kind of thing. You know, you build up the community, you make people feel better because when people are feeling happier about their lives, they're going to be happier people and they're going to treat people more nicely too. It's like kind of a contagious thing. Right. But I just, I just love that when people are willing to share, what they're trying to communicate, I want to hear it. You know? I don't know. That's fucking cool, man. I'm kind of just rambling. <laughs> no, dude, that's that's really well said. Because it's, you know, when, when, you're sh- when you're having a shitty day, let's say like a person's having a shitty day, the, the chance of the people around them having a shitty day because of them goes up, whether they mean to or not. Mm-hmm. Your energy is contagious. Your energy is contagious. So, yeah. When, when, you know, I try to be mindful of that and I try to, you know, encourage people. I try to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think I've gotten it from interacting with people like you. Like, you you don't have to be nice to me. Like, you don't know me. I I rode here on a fucking kid's bike. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't have to be nice to me, dude. Right? I really have to be nice (laughs) to you. (laughs) Right? And 
it, it just, it's always meant a lot. Like those, those interactions that I've had with people and the bad interactions I've had with people. Like there's, there's some galleries that I don't even know if they're still open. Some of the galleries that I've walked, that I've walked into mm-hmm. and you know, just like the, the, like you don't belong here mm-hmm. attitude. And I'm like, yeah, okay, dude. I hate that. I hate that. Art is for everybody. Yeah. And it's like, art and it's should like, be hey, for everybody. also some of the shit you have here fucking sucks. <laughs> Like, so don't like you, you got your nose up that guy's ass. Why? Mm -hmm. That guy's not even that great. Yeah. In my humble opinion, he's not that (laughs) fucking great. You know, and you're going to, and you don't have to, you don't have to have your nose up my ass. You just be cool, dude. What, what's, how, how much of a hardship is it to be kind? There's, there's no hardship in that. Especially when, especially when there's nobody else in your fucking gallery, dude. Oh my god! It's just like the two gallery owners or the whatever they're the they they're there. Yeah, and you know you walk in and they're like they start talking. They're like, oh hey yeah, you know, oh yeah. So are you looking to purchase some? Like oh no, I'm I'm an artist, so I'm just looking and immediately like yeah, like okay, you don't have any fucking money. <laughs> That's your kid bike outside. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> you know. No, so one of my favorite things when people come into the studio is. I mean, yeah, it's always great if somebody wants to buy your art, right? Because that's, they're showing you the depth of how much they like your art. Yeah. But I don't give a shit if somebody buys my art or not. If they connect with it, that means everything, you know? Because, like, my whole point in creating is to communicate. You know, that's that's why I do it. And if it communicates to somebody, then it does what it's supposed to do. You know, I love that. I absolutely love that. That's pretty good, dude. But this is if also it somebody communicates with some yeah. with somebody that's what it's supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, but this I have a day job, so you know, I'm not trying to make my living off of off of that as well. And I think if I had to, it might change how I view it. So yeah, I don't your, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's a thing. Yeah. That's for sure a thing. But it's hard. If you commercialize it you kind of have to change how you view it. And I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I don't have that frame of reference because, you know. Yeah. I wish I was an heir to a fortune. And then we can paint. We can a, test this theory. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, well, let's test this theory. I'm just going to, you know, just. Here you go. Paint whatever the fuck I want and see how my attitude changes or it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, um, I think it's a great service what you do. And what, you know, the, the little bits of kindness that people drop in, you know, in, in really delicate places. I think art studios and art galleries, they're, they're like, they're delicate places. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter like, how much of a douchebag somebody comes off as. That's because they're pretending that they're not scared. Or they're, they've hidden the fear from themselves mm-hmm. for so long that now they've just put on this persona that they think is really them. You know, I've seen those people. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, uh, <laughs> oh, like, dude. like, yeah, dude, like, relax. <laughs> just relax. You could just be you. Like, yeah. But people lose sight of that. And well, we have to remember there are people who are just douchebags. So then maybe they are just being themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true too. Like there, I, there was kids that I went like to elementary school with that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I don't like that kid. Yeah. But, you know, nature versus nurture. What are you going to do? Yeah. All you can do is try to nurture the artist around you for, like, anybody who has a little bit of notoriety. Like, take note, dude. 
be kind to the up and coming artist. Mm-hmm. Like show them, like even if even even if you don't think their art is that great, the fact that they're showing it, the fact that they're putting it out there, like show a little love, man, a little humility. You can always find, no matter what it is, you can always find one thing you like in something. You can, even if it's just a shade of whatever color in there. Yeah. The rest of it you don't like, but if they do one thing right, draw attention to the thing like, that you like really that. like. Yeah. I mean, it's not fake. You know, you can find something you like. I test, I, I dare you, try it. What? Look oh, at, I, I do it art, all the time. Art you hate, still look at it and figure out the one thing about it you appreciate out of it. I, I don't think I really hate any art. There's some art that I don't like as much as other artists' art. And there's some art from the same artist that I don't like as much as some of their other art. Of course. And there's some art that I absolutely love that was created by people that aren't the aren't really my cup of tea. You know, I hate that because I really want, like, say, to buy the art. Oh. And then they're like, oh, you're terrible human beings. No, I can't. But I love this art. No. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, a uh, fun fact. You know how um, Jean-Michel Basquiat was discovered? He was selling postcards that he made mm-hmm. in New York City. He's just walking down the street trying to sell these things. And he sees Andy Warhol at a restaurant, like, like you know, sitting on a little balcony or whatever. So he just walks over to him, <laughs> interrupts him, and says, hey, do you want to buy my postcards? Yeah. Andy Warhol's like, what? Like, he probably went like, what? Like, what, do you, <laughs> what am I going to buy? Your, of, of, um, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a terrible Warhol. His but hand, yeah, hand, hand over his face. Hand over his mouth. <laughs> but yeah, that's how he got discovered. And Andy Warhol was like, dude, this is genius. And that was it. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're in good company. You're rare air. <laughs> you know? There you yeah, go. Postcards. Um, so listen, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And as always, I always pose the question, dude. I ask. You're like, what do I ask? I ask. <laughs> this wine really good. Well, I usually have like this elaborate scenario and I'm blanking on an elaborate scenario because I've used ninjas and dragons, aliens. Okay, let's say you're you're walking down the street tonight. You're like, dude, that was a fun podcast. And then do the fucking Frankenstein monster comes grabs you and just slowly like lurches off into the darkness and we don't know what happened to you you're fucking gone dude mm-hmm. and all that's left is what you've left behind what do you hope your legacy to be i hope my legacy is that i have hmm wait i knew you asked this question i wrote it down i was hoping i'd remember it <laughs> I do my homework. You do work I do at a my lawyer's homework. office. I do. I have two way too long. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember what I wrote. Uh, I hope that when I've been carted off by the lurching Frankenstein monster, Frankenstein's monster down and I've disappeared forever, that I've added value to at least one person's life. Um, whether it's a kindness I did and they remembered that or... I encourage them in some way. Um, I think that's so important to me. And that's what I hope when I'm gone, that that's how I'm remembered. Well said. Well said, my friend. 
Well, that's going to do it for our, this episode. <laughs> As always, this podcast is brought to you by We Are Sacramento and The Loft. Oh, real quick, um, your socials. Oh, Jill Allen Stafford Collage and Jill Allen Stafford. And that's about it. All right. <laughs> and again, thanks to We Are Sacramento and The Loft.